0: My name is Charles, the lead pastor here. Welcome to the Zoom Sunday service at the River. Last week, I talked about how divided America is today with culture war between the conservative Christians on the right and the secular liberals on the left. I am following up today with another issue that brings sharp division. And that's Black Lives Matter. I sometimes read about famous people say things like, I don't support Black Lives Matter because my church says it's Marxist. I cannot support godless organizations. That makes me sad because it's not true. God works only through godly people. I'm sure there are bad actors within that movement. But God works through all people, and in fact, it's the church that has often stood against God throughout history. We have this romanticized view that church always stands for God, because church is supposed to listen to the Spirit of God. But the Bible itself says, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. This charge was not made against godless non-believers. This was made against church and its leaders at the time. It's a shocker, isn't it? Church is always resisting the Holy Spirit? Well, as bracing as that may be, this verse is relevant for us today. Because these days I talk to many Christians who are surprised and disappointed by church. We should not be so surprised. Because after all, church is made up of fallible human beings. Jesus himself warned us, Woe to you, Bible preachers! and conservative church, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Bracing, isn't it? Now you may not be familiar with this passage. Because first off, most Bible translations say, "Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees? Teachers of the law? What is that? Law professors? Why would Jesus be so against law professors? It seems a bit mysterious, so we usually just glide over this passage. But of course, he is not talking about law professors. The law here means the Bible. So when translated properly, it's woe to you, teachers of the Bible. Not a pleasant verse for Bible translators or Bible preachers like me, is it? So then, what about the Pharisees? They were the mainstream conservative church at the time. All they wanted was, let's honor God by following the Bible as best as we can. What's wrong with that? But traditionally, Pharisees have been made out to be evil fanatics, monsters who have nothing to do with us today because they killed Jesus. We need to face the fact that they were good, decent, God-honoring people who just wanted people of God to follow the Bible better. That's uncomfortable for church people like us because we are just like that. So we come to the second reason why churches avoid this passage, me included. I must confess, I have never preached on this passage in 20 years of preaching, even though it's one of the longest sermons by Jesus. Why? Because I am in the business of teaching the Bible. My job and my salary depend on it. So today, I apologize to you. I am sorry I have avoided this passage for so long because it's such an important passage for church, especially today. We must take Jesus' warning to heart about how church whitewashed in order to appear to be on the side of God. In every human brain there is strong psychological need to be right. So much so that our brains become literally incapable of processing facts when the facts contradict our already existing beliefs about reality. So we tend to distort the facts to fit them into our already existing beliefs. This is called cognitive dissonance it is part of the original sin that compels us to be right this is a fruit of the knowledge of good and evil right and wrong and it's everywhere there's whitewashing going on everywhere in america especially when it comes to race relations on one hand we believe america is a fair country america was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But the reality has not matched this great principle. It's not just three centuries of slavery in the distant past. Did you know that the most popular form of postcards in 1920s had pictures of lynching on them? Postcards had pictures on them like hallmark cards. Your mother's cards, your birthday cards. And back then, the most popular item was the cards depicting scenes of lynching of black people. Can you imagine? How could that have happened unless black people were seen as less than human? The godly Christian America of the past has some very dark flaws. Black people could not live in the same towns as white people. Even now there are systematic discriminations. Did you know there were over 10,000 sundown towns and counties in America just a few decades ago? What is a sundown county? If a black person was found inside the county line when the sun went down, it was the sheriff's sworn duty to jail them or lynch them or even hang them. These laws were designed to make sure black people didn't get to live with white people. This kind of history leaves mental and cultural footprint that does not get erased just because these practices have become illegal. India had outlawed every discrimination based on caste for 75 years now especially against the untouchables. But as I described in a sermon a few weeks ago, everyday discriminations against the untouchables is so fierce, it affects every aspect of life in India. In America, we see Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmad Arbery, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, and on and on and on. These unjust deaths we see on regular basis Is not happening in vacuum. So now let me ask you, who recognizes this as a problem and wants to do something about it? It's the secular world. But the majority church in America is either ignoring it or even actively resisting. For example, speaking against Black Lives Matter which given the checkered history of church is just shameful. This may be hard to hear. I know today's sermon is different than my usual uplifting sermons, but we must understand our history, particularly the role of the church in these inhuman practices, because whitewashing leads to hell. Did you know that the Southern Baptist denomination was founded to defend and fight for slavery. This fact is not that well known because it's been whitewashed. I have conservative Christian friends who say the Civil War was not about slavery. It was about Northern aggression against state rights. But listen to Stephen Alexander, Vice President of the Confederacy who gave a speech upon the founding of the confederacy called the cornerstone speech to define the purpose of the southern confederacy. He said, The old constitution rested upon assumption of the equality of races. This was an error. Our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite, its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery, subordination to the superior race, is his natural and normal condition. This, our new government, is the first in the history of the world based upon this great physical, philosophical, and moral truth. It is the first government ever instituted upon the principles in strict conformity to nature and the decree of God in furnishing the materials of human society. Then he went on to claim blessings of God with full support from Southern Baptists. Now doesn't this sound like it was all about slavery? And here is a description of Stephen Alexander. He was through and through religious in his belief, in his feelings, and in his life, and in everything he said and did, his Christian faith shone out. An earnest and active member, an officer of the church to which he belonged, always prominent in its work and counsels. This top leader of confederacy says the entire purpose of rebellion and war was to defend the great truth that black people should be slaves forever by commands of God and by natural law. Do you think these Christian leaders were standing with God or resisting God? He refers to the old Constitution. That's the Constitution of the United States founded upon the great principle that all men are created equal. He calls that an error when that is the essence of the Gospel. That all human beings have been given the worth of the life of Jesus God incarnate no matter who they are. That makes us all equally, infinitely worthy. It is the greatest gift given by God and these devout Christians fought tooth and nail to deny this gift of God by claiming black people are lesser than forever and ever. Because there there are several passages in the Bible that speaks in support of slavery, like slaves must obey their masters even when they are cruel. That's why even the Northern Baptist theologians agreed with the Southern Baptists that the Bible supports slavery. But the disagreement was about, well, could you just be nicer because Jesus is kind, right? So disappointing, isn't it? All those Bible teachers had it so wrong because their entire approach to Christian faith was misguided. There is a great book called Civil War as a Theological Crisis that describes this debate in great detail if you are interested. So the point here is, just because you are a devout Christian, that doesn't guarantee you are standing with God. You could be resisting the Spirit of God in great error. Now, instead of repenting or disbanding for such atrocious decision to stand against God so completely, instead Southern Baptists became the largest Christian denomination in the United States next to Catholics. Southern Baptists are by far the most dominant and influential force within the evangelical and conservative Christian world today. And even now, they proudly defend the Confederate flags and Robert E. Lee statues openly. The Southern Baptist Seminary in 2018, two years ago, tried to reflect on their heritage, put out a report on their long history of support for slavery, Confederacy, Jim Crow laws, segregation, discrimination against the Black brothers and sisters, That's a good thing to do, don't you think? Well, this report came under such fierce backlash, some say the president of the seminary flip-flopped on his position of condemning Trump to giving support fully in order to blunt the criticisms. This is cognitive dissonance. Romanticizing the South, Confederate soldiers as proud heritage, For example, my former colleagues in the evangelical world are outraged by criticisms of Robert E. Lee memorials. There are thousands of Robert E. Lee statues in America with numerous memorials to honor him like high schools named after him, colleges named after him. Granted, Robert E. Lee was the perfect southern gentleman by all accounts great manners, decent, kind, a righteous Christian. But those qualities are not what puts you on the side of God. Pharisees were exactly that. They strived to be good servants of God above all. But when God appeared to them in Jesus, they killed Him. Their need to be in the right, their long history of whitewashing was a huge reason for that momentous mistake. Likewise, church today is whitewashing its history. And it is so dangerous. There are myths out there saying Robert E. Lee didn't own slaves and opposed slavery personally. This is whitewashing. He owned a couple hundred slaves and he fought in courts to get more for longer. And he did horrible things to his slaves. He sold off children of his slaves to other masters, forever breaking up families. Can you imagine being forced to watch your children get sold off to distant parts of the country, never to see them again? He ordered punishments on his slaves that are so cruel that his own overseer refused to carry them out. So he got the local sheriff to do it and he used all his skills as a great general to fight tooth and nail to defend the right to continue to do such horrible things to fellow human beings for generations to come. Why do we honor such a man so much in this country? Are the Germans proud of Nazi flags? Do they build thousands of statues of Nazi generals? Slavery in America is on par with the Holocaust in terms of number of souls involved. Actually, it lasted far longer and had bigger impact. And the church had a huge role in that. We need to stop whitewashing our past. Heed the warnings of Jesus, for the kingdom of God is at stake. As Jesus said, Woe to you! Bible teachers and conservative church hypocrites for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. How do Bible preachers like me shut the kingdom of heaven? By insisting that the key to the kingdom is in knowing and obeying the right biblical commands. So, listen to me, your guru. Like slaves must obey their masters, women must submit to men, etc., etc. Listen to me. We must not be deceived by such outward righteousness. The gospel is all about unconditional love. What marks you as Christian? is agape love, unconditional love. Anyone who loves unconditionally is born of God and knows God. For unconditional love is from God. Anyone who does not love unconditionally does not know God. For God is unconditional love. If we love unconditionally, God abides in us and God's love is perfected in us. God is unconditional love. This is why it's so important that we don't put conditions like the skin color or gender or race or sexual preference or anything else we do or have. For God's salvation and kingdom of God is all about unconditional love. Jesus is unconditional love. The cross is unconditional love. Everything in the Bible must be seen through the lens of Jesus and his teachings. The Gospel proclaims our worth and salvation proceeds from God's heart that declares us beloved. It's not about us, it's about God. So it can never be taken away. God is always on your side. You are never alone. Your soul is so precious. God loves you so much, whether you are black white, straight, or gay, successful or not, you are accepted, welcomed, and beloved in the kingdom of God. Amen. This is the gospel. This is the sure rock upon which our life must be built. So let's try to root out all traces of cognitive dissonance. For it is a fruit of knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, worthy and unworthy. Our country is in desperate need of people who are not whitewash, who are free to see the facts as they are, because we are so secure in the love of God. Let's be the first seeds of such a church. Let's stand together for the gospel, and though we are few in number, we can be the change the world needs. Amen. Now I hope you can join us for our Zoom live service at 1145. Let me pray for us. God, we repent of whitewashing. We repent of our compulsive need to be in the right. Help us, O gracious God. Give us the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, so that in our inner being, we become so secure as to resist the power of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.